Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. How's everybody doing this morning? Yeah, everybody's got, man, what a good crowd we have here this morning, and so good to see many of your faces. Betty, it's so good to see you here this morning. Haven't seen you in a while. I'm glad all of you are here. Some of you are just kind of now trickling back into our services. We're glad you're here. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive Church. I want to welcome all those who are watching in the 715 area code who are watching us online. We're glad that you are connecting with us this morning, and uh, you can kind of see I got... uh, some of you might think I got lazy arm syndrome going on here, but I had rotator cuff surgery here a few weeks ago, and uh, I just didn't feel quite up to it last week. But didn't Pastor Romine do such an awesome job last week? Man, oh man. Uh, wow, I, I, I appreciate him, and, and I'm just beginning to develop a friendship with him, and he has been such an encourager to me. And, and Pastor Romine, you and Linda, I really appreciate you guys. Uh, just just a, a reminder, I want you to know, uh, I'm putting the information out there, mark your calendars January 31st. Uh, we have moved our annual business meeting to January. I know we just had one here just a, a few months ago, but we're moving it back to the January date. So if you please put that on your calendar, we will have that after the second service. And I want to encourage you to, to be a part of that. Also, uh, how many of you guys enjoyed the, the Packers game last night? A good game? All right. So now they're on to the NFC Championship game, and, uh, and uh, so I just encourage you, if you want to wear your Packer gear next week, go ahead, because I'm going to do that, and I just gave myself permission to do that. So just, uh, yeah, just, it's just kind of fun to, fun to have that fun uh, in this area. So I'm excited about what God has in store for Thrive Church in the 715 area code, aren't you? God's got something new. God's got something good in store and we are on a sermon series called Forward. Everybody say forward. You know what forward is? Forward is the direction we're going right now. We're moving forward in 2021. And God's got a great plan and a great focus. And so we've just decided we're going to make that our word for the year. I don't know if any of you have ever done that, but we've just declared that forward is the word of the year for Thrive Church. And I'm excited for what he has in store. And we get this whole idea from the Apostle Paul. And we look at his life, the Apostle Paul, he wrote, oh, by the way, about one, well, two-thirds of the, of the New Testament. And, and, but yet we know he has a background. We know he has a backstory, and it's not a pretty backstory. But he makes this one statement. He says this. He says, this one thing I do, and for some of you, there's, if you just did this one thing in 2021, it would change your life. He says, this one thing I do, I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm not, I'm not living in the past anymore. I'm not going to live there. He says, in fact, I strain forward. Everybody say forward. I'm moving forward to what lies ahead. God's got great things in store. And I'm not going to be stuck in my past and miss out on what God has in store for me. So I'm going to go after it. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I like this little comment that he makes. He says, you know what I suggest? I suggest people who are mature in their faith or want to mature in their faith 
I would encourage you to look at this, look at it the same way. Forward. Forward is, is moving out of one location into a direction you haven't been before. And so again, we know that Paul, he had a past. We know that he was a Christ hater, but he had a, an encounter with God. And he could have stayed in that place. He did a lot of pretty vicious things. And he could have, stu- he could have stayed in the, gre- the regrets, the conviction, the shame of his past. He could have stayed there. We all have a past. We all have regrets. We all, we all had those moments in our lives where we're like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. And some of you are here today or some of you are watching online. And the, the greatest thing that you can do is to let that go. The greatest thing that you can do is to forgive that person who caused that pain. Or maybe the person that you need to forgive is to forgive yourself. For some of you, that's the biggest thing that you need to do in this new year is to forgive yourself. And Paul, I, th- I see Paul say, listen, I, I ask God to forgive me and I'm forgiving myself and I am moving forward and I'm going to move forward into God's purpose and plan for my life. And we know that Paul, <laughs> Paul, he, he did incredible things. So I, it seems like every Sunday morning I'm mentioning Paul's name because I'm preaching from from the word that God laid in his life. We know that he was a great apostle, a great missionary. He greatly impacted the world and still impacts the world today. And I want you to know, church, this morning, God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. But if you don't move forward, that plan and purpose will never come to life. Can I say that one more time? God has a plan and a purpose for your life. But if you don't make the decision to move forward, you will never, that will never be revealed in your life. So today, I want to talk about forward into purpose. Last week, we talked about forward from our past. Today, I'm talking about forward into purpose. And, and, and so I want to use this analogy here. I want to talk about a superhero. I, we all love superheroes. I, I grew up, and, and I wanted to be... I want to be a superhero when I grow up. Every young man wants to grow up and be a superhero. We love superheroes because of this. Because superheroes, they know what their purpose is. They know their strengths and their abilities. And they go out and they find people who are in need and they rescue them. There's always a rescue story, saving somebody from imminent danger. We love that about superheroes. And I used to pretend to be this one superhero, Spider-Man. How many of you like Spider-Man? How many of you grew up pretending to be Spider-Man? And, and, and he, he just had the coolest gadgets going on, and he had like that little wrist shooter there, and he'd shoot a web, and he'd swing from building to building, and, and he was cool because he could climb up buildings, you know, like a spider and climb down, and he just had, and then he had, one of my favorites is he had the spider senses. Remember when he would say in the show, my spider senses are tingling. How many of you got spider senses that go tingling every once in a while? You know, you just sense discernment. There's, there's imminent danger that's out there. Well, here, here's the backstory on Spider-Man. We all know the, 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 who he really is is Peter Parker, the mild-mannered Peter Parker. And he was a college student living with his aunt and uncle. And one day he's in the laboratory and somehow this spider that is filled with radiation bites him on the arm. And he goes through this transformation inside of him. And he, he wakes up and he recognizes that he has these superpowers. 
and he doesn't know what to do with it. I, I want you to know God has, has given each and every one of you a power, an ability, a gifting. And, and some of you are sitting there today and like, I know I have this inside of me, but I don't know what to do with it. Well, he, he had a defining moment in his life. We know that he lived with his aunt and uncle, and his uncle was killed in a robbery. And it just lit something up inside of him. And he just decided from that moment on that he was going to use that gifting and ability to help others in need. He was going to help bring justice to the world. And, he, and here's a thought that, that it really stuck in his mind. He always remembered his, his uncle saying to him, he said, Peter, with great power comes great responsibility. Let me say that one more time. With great power comes great responsibility. And church, I want you to know that you have been empowered. If you are a Christ follower today, that means that the Holy Spirit, God has placed His Holy Spirit inside of you. You are empowered. Just look at the person next to you and say, I'm empowered. I'm, I'm pretty much a superhero. <laughs> Just go ahead and tell them, I'm a superhero. God has empowered me. And if you have been empowered, then you have a great responsibility. And that's, that's what I want to talk about today. And so, so we, this young man, he found his purpose in life. Do you know what your purpose is in life? Do you know what your purpose is? I believe God has called each and every one of us in this room today with a unique purpose. So we are following this superhero of the Bible, Moses. We've been following his story. We talked the other week about his past and how uh, his, when he was an infant, he was put into a, a, a basket on a river because uh, the Egyptians were afraid that the Israelites were going to take over. And they, so they just cast all these infants. What a terrible time to be alive. Put all these infants into the Nile. But this mother trusted that God would intervene. And sure enough, God did intervene. And Pharaoh's own daughter found Moses and adopted him as her own. And she raised him up in Egyptian royalty, in Egyptian education. And he grew. And he must have had great visions that one day maybe he would be Maybe he would rule this Egyptian land someday. But yet something was inside of him. And the Bible says that he went out one day and he saw this Egyptian taskmaster beating this Israelite slave and it just enraged him. And it said that, I mean, he knew what was happening here because he looked to the left and he looked to the right and then he beat that Egyptian to death. Well, he, he went a little too far with his passion. And now he's a fugitive on the run. And it says that he ran off to a land. And, and can you just imagine because of that mistake, you know, and he's thinking all of those dreams, he had to surrender all those dreams and visions that he had for his life. And now for 40 years becomes a shepherd. 40 years working in the, in the desert as a shepherd. And just imagine just, ah, I just, maybe that feeling that he had, and maybe you had that feeling today, I just feel like I was created for so much more than this. There's got to be more. There's got to be more that God has for me. Well, he has a defining moment. You ever had a defining moment in your life? Moses comes upon this burning bush, and this burning bush is not being consumed. And all of a sudden, God begins to speak to Moses through this burning bush. 
and it's a defining moment. And here's what a defining moment is. It's an event, a moment, or incident of decision that sets the course for the rest of your life. How many of you, if God spoke to you through a burning bush, that would be a defining moment for your life? It would catch your attention at least, all right? It would catch your attention. And here's what defining moments do to us. When we, we know that we've had a defining moment, it's because we begin to ask ourselves the tough questions. Questions like, why am I here? Why, why has God placed me here? Why did God put me here in Wausau, Wisconsin, in the 715 area code? What am I called to do? I mean, really, I have this work that I go to each and every day, but is this it? Is, 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 there, is there more that God wants me to do? And God, what is it that you want me to do with these giftings and abilities that you've given to me? Because all around this room, I'm looking at it, and I'm getting to know so many of you. I mean, what a great church. And, and, and some of you, you have so many unique abilities and giftings that I just admire and respect. All around this room, each person, God has gifted you with giftings and abilities. I had a defining moment, and I would say that define my response to that defining moment is why I'm up here today. So I knew through my high school years that there was some kind of calling on my life, but I'm, I, I'm probably still, was kind of still a knucklehead a little bit. <laughs> I, that's, that's, where I, that's where I was in a high school, and just not having clarity, and like, oh, do I go into ministry? Do I go here? Do I go to this college? Do I stay and work? Da, da, da. I was just kind of stuck, maybe stuck in my fear, to be real, stuck in my insecurities. Well, a spirit-filled woman uh, was friend with my mom, and they would go walking just about every morning. And she asked my mom while they were walking one morning, she goes, your son, Sheldon, my, my parents have six kids, your son, Sheldon, is there some kind of calling on his life? Is there something going on with him? My mom said, yeah, I, I think so, yes. And he's just not sure what to do, where to go. She goes, I, I was awoken by God at 2 o'clock in the morning last night. And I felt led to write this letter. I felt like this was a word from the Lord to give to your son. Will you just give this to him? She goes, I'm not sure what it means. So as an 18-year-old young man, and mom explains that to me, and I'm like, what the what? What the what? <laughs> and so I open this letter, and the words are just shouting, yes, I have a calling. You are called. And I want, you to, I want to encourage you to stop looking to the left and stop looking to the right. And I want you to put your focus on me and I want you to be strong and courageous. And I want you to take that step forward because I'm going to lead you and I'm going to guide you. And sure enough, that's what I did. I, I, I just took the next step. I'm going to go, I'm, I'm, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to go to North Central University, and I'm not sure what's next, but I'm going to take the next step. And, and for some of you, that's just really, that's the way you're going to discover the purpose and plan for your life is just say, God, I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the clarity, but I'm just going to take that next step. And I'm just going to move forward into what, you, what I sense you're calling me to do. And I trust you, you're going to lead me in that. And, and so here's the deal. It was not so much the letter that was my defining moment. 
It was my response to the letter. And for so many of you, it's not so much that incident that happened to you or that situation. It's your response that will make that a defining moment. So today, I want to talk about Moses. Let's get back to Moses here. And we're going to look at Exodus chapter 3 and 4 because we're going to see some discoveries. I believe that what, we, what Moses discovered in his defining moment, I think will help us. For some of you who are out there today and you're wondering what your purpose is or where to go, we're looking for direction for the purpose and plan for your life, I believe Moses has some answers for us. So are you guys ready? I want to encourage you. Let's go. Here we go. First of all, the first discovery is Moses discovers God's mission. Moses discovers God's mission. Here's what, what, what God tells him in the burning bush. He says, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So God is talking about the slavery that is still going on with his people in Egypt. And I want you to know, God is aware of it. He was aware of it. And I want you to know God is aware of the situations that are happening in your life. I want you to know God is well aware of your concerns, of maybe the things that are happening in this world or in this nation. I want you to know God is aware. Number two, God is concerned. Just as he was concerned about these people who were enslaved for hundreds of years, God is concerned. And number three, I want you to understand that God is on mission. God is on mission, and he's doing something about it. Now listen to what he says here in verse 8. He says, so I have come down to rescue them. In superhero fashion, <laughs> I have come to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, he says, I have a plan and I'm going to lead these people who are enslaved and I'm leading them to freedom. Everybody say the word freedom. The word of God says it is for freedom he has set us free. I want you to understand this. God has always been on mission. God is on mission, and his mission is always about leading enslaved people into freedom. God, our God is a God of freedom. The, the slavery is the opposite of freedom. To be enslaved is to have a master that controls every part of your life. Do you know that slavery still exists today? They're according to a 2017 report by the International Labor Organization, they estimate that there's over, today in this world, there are over 40 million people who live in literal slavery. Slavery still exists today. But the Bible says it's more than just that literal slavery. But mankind, there's millions of people who are living in spiritual slavery. That's what the Bible describes to us. Our life without Christ is spiritual slavery. How many of you remember those spiritual slavery days? How many of you, how many of you would say, that's a great word to describe how I was living without God in my life? It felt like slavery. It felt like I was controlled by this cruel master who wanted me to destroy myself. Can I just tell you this? 
The Word of God says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. You know what his, his, Satan's number one goal and plan for your life is to convince you to destroy yourself. Have you ever noticed that? That's his goal. That's his plan. And so he is putting things into your life, and you're partaking of them, and really, it's destroying you maybe physically, emotionally. More importantly, it's, it's destroying you spiritually. And so what we do is we say, ah, ah that's enough. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to change. How many of you have said that before? I'm not going to do that anymore. How many of you have tried? I've tried. I've tried. And it just seems to get worse. And it gets worse. And so there's this ongoing sense of shame and bondage. And that's what sin does to us. In 2015, the U.S., the United States, recognized, this is when the whole ISIS situation was going on in the Middle East. They did, the United States discovered that there was a, a camp, an encampment where there were over 70 prisoners who were doomed to die. If there was not an action, if there was not some kind of rescue mission, they were doomed to die. And the United States went on that mission. And because they responded, because they went out on that rescue mission, over 70 people, their lives were saved and changed that day. And that's what God did. God saw that there were millions of people and needed to be rescued. And so God sent his son, Jesus Christ, out on a mission, his only son. And he sent him into hostile territory to set people free from the prison of spiritual slavery. Are you, are you following with, with me this morning? And you need to understand that without Christ, without God's intervention, we would have been doomed. And that's what it means. That's what it means to be saved. It's what it means to be saved. Christ came to save us because he is on mission. And you need to understand he's still on mission today. It says in Luke 19, Jesus said, For I have come to seek and to save those who are lost. That mission has not changed. Jesus is still very much on that mission. And here's what he did. He invites us into that mission. Because we know this, that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, and that he died on the cross for our sins, and then he rose again, and then he came to these disciples, and he says, now, I give this mission to you. I want you now to partake and be involved in this mission. And I want you to know the purpose of the church is to be engaged in this same rescue mission. Now, here's Here's been my experience of being a pastor for, for several years. There's typically two views of, of, that people have of church. The first view is people, some people, they had this view that I attend a church. I attend a church. It is, a church is the place that I go to, and I, I, you know, it makes me feel good, and we sing songs, and we hear inspiring messages, and, the, and that's a wonderful thing. But the second view is the one that I would encourage you to have. Because the second view says, I, I don't go to a church. I don't want to attend a church. I am the church. I am the church. I am on mission with God to be the church to this world. So let me continue on here. All right. The second discovery that Moses discovers is God's calling. 
discovers God's mission, discover God's calling. If you are a Christ follower today, God is calling you to take part in his mission. Do you know that? Each and every person in this room, there's a calling on your life. You may not be called to be a pastor, may not be called to, be, to go to another foreign land, but God has a calling on your life to join with him in this mission. And God's plan is to reveal himself through you. God's plan is that he would reveal himself through you. Not that you would be perfect, but that you would represent Christ to this world. You would love like Jesus loved. You would give like Jesus gives. You will be like Jesus is. Look what he tells, look what God tells Moses in Exodus 3.10. He says, now, go. Everybody say go. Go Go is an action word. Now go, Moses. Remember, the the defining moment is not the letter. It's the response. I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. You know what I love about God's word? You turn the pages and you see these stories of just ordinary people, just like you, just like me. And God says, I want to work through you. I want to work through an ordinary person to do the extraordinary. And that's what God does through Moses. And God says, reveals to his Moses, he says, here's your purpose, Moses. You want to know what your purpose is? I want you to go to Pharaoh. And I want you to go to the Israelites. I want you to go. And sometimes that's all, that's all the information he gives us. Isn't that frustrating sometimes? Go give me a little bit more. I'm, I'm telling you to go. Okay, you want a little bit more? I want you to lead. Now, John Maxwell, a writer of, on, on a lot of leadership books, he defines leadership as influence. So if we go by that definition, each person in this room is a leader. Did you realize that? Some people are like, oh, I don't want that title. Too bad. That's who you are. You're a leader. And I tell people you are leading one of two ways. You're either leading up or you're leading down. But all of us, because we, I say you're a leader because you have influence. If you have somebody sitting next to you right now, you have influence in that person's life. If you have people in your life, you are a person of influence. And so God is calling you to go into influence. God invites Moses into this rescue mission, and he invites you as well. Listen to what he says here in John 20, 21. He says he's talking to his disciples, and Jesus is in transition mode. He says, now, he goes, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so now I am sending you. God has a plan and purpose for your life. God is sending you. This challenge is for us. You have a purpose. You are called. So we've been kind of wordsmithing and trying to define what is Thrive Church's mission. And and, and we we would just come. It's just really this simple. Here's our mission statement for Thrive Church. Thrive Church, we are called to lead people to influence people where 
People in the 715 area code. That's all we know, that we are called to go into the 715 area code where we live and to influence people to become. It's because it's a process. It's a discipleship process. Becoming is a process to become a life-giving follower of Christ. But here's what I do know about a mission statement like that. It's really hard to lead people to someplace you aren't already. And I, I just have a vision that God, they're just life givers popping up in the 715 area code. Because that's how they did it in the early church. And I, I just have vision for life, all these life givers that are in this room today. All of a sudden, you are beginning to have impact. You are beginning to have influence on other people. They're seeing the Jesus in you and they're saying, I want that in my life. Life givers. Life givers. Isn't that really Boy, I tell you, the world is looking for life givers. The world is tired of life takers. There's plenty of those. And there's lots of life takers in the church. The world is looking for life givers. The world is always inspired by life givers. And so the message is to go to a world of enslaved people in the 715 and to influence people with your faith. You know, I... It's so important that we understand that this, really, this mission is a life or death mission. In 2015, it, I was pastoring a church in De Pere, Wisconsin, and had a, just a normal service. And, and I always try to give a, a, a time for somebody to respond to Jesus. And sure enough, there was this young lady who was visiting from Kentucky, a college student visiting an aunt and uncle, and she decided to come to church that day, and she was inspired by the message. The Holy Spirit spoke to her life, and she surrendered her heart to Jesus, and she was so excited to tell us about it at the end of the service, and she was just crying, and just, you know, just all this excitement and stuff. And this young lady with her whole life in front of her, God had, had just done a transformational work and is now beginning to lead her to become a life-giving follower of Christ and two weeks later, she was in a car accident and died. Now, that sounds sad on an earthly level, but that young lady was saved for eternity. Saved for her eternity. And, and you need to understand, we have no idea where people are today and that souls are on the line, and that needs to create within us a sense of urgency, a sense of urgency. Let me continue on here. Moses discovered God's equipping. See, you see, whenever God calls people, he equips people. So to equip people, if you've ever been in the military, some of you, you went to boot camp. They didn't just throw you out onto the front lines. They sent you to boot camp. They, and in boot camp, you learn how to salute. You learn how to dress. You learn how to fight. You learn how to load your gun, how to use the gun. They learned, they taught you how to go in offensive mode and defensive mode. They equipped you. So in this next passage, we see that God equips Moses. Exodus 3, 11 and 12. But, but Moses protested. Anybody ever protest God before? Moses protested. Who am I? God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? I'm just a shepherd. Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? Uh, uh, I'm just a shepherd. 
And God answered, I will be with you. And again, sometimes that's all the information he gives to us. <laughs> he tells us to go, he tells us the influence, and then he reminds us, I'm going to be with you. You ever ask God, you ever, ever mentioned God, God, who am I? Moses wasn't in good, good in front of people. He stuttered. He was a murderer. <laughs> he had a past. He was just a shepherd, just an ordinary guy. But God called him to go, just like God is calling you to go. God is calling you to the Great Commission. God says to you, what he's basically saying, listen, Moses, I want you to trust me on this. You got to trust me. Moses, you go and you do your part. And you trust me for my part. Because Moses, you cannot deliver these people out of Egypt. I'm going to work through you as a vessel, as an instrument. Now you just go and let me work through you. And watch me show up. Now, now check out how God shows up here. Exodus 4 verse 2. Then the Lord asked him, because Moses is questioning. Moses, what's that in your hand? What's that in your hand? Moses replied, it's a shepherd's staff. Now, why is that so important? Because some of you are wondering, like, well, God, how, 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 do, you, how do I proceed? And I think for some of you, I believe all of us, God is asking you to question, what have I placed in your hand? What's in your hand today? Maybe you are a business owner. Maybe you, you work in a restaurant. Maybe you work in a factory. You have a skill. You have a gifting. You have an ability. What has God placed in your hand? If you're looking for purpose today, ask yourself the question. You just put your hand out in front of you and say, what has God placed in my hand? What are the giftings and abilities that he's given to me that I know that are so unique? What has God placed in your hand? Because here's what, here's what the shepherd's staff was to Moses. It was his identity. I am a shepherd. I, and, and I know what my occupation is. And, and he also, if you realize this, you think about this, God will use those giftings from your past, you may not realize, to press you forward in your purpose. Because remember, Moses understood Egyptian culture. Because he was raised in it. He was educated. So, so for some of you, you have a past that is, is totally preparing you for your purpose in life. And that here he was for 40 years steering sheep. Well, what do you think he's going to be doing with the Israelites when they get out in the desert? He's going to be steering sheep, having the knowledge and the wisdom of a shepherd. The staff also, it also revealed his income, or it was his resource. For some of you, the thing that's in your hand is your resource. It's the thing that you depend on. It's your security, and it's your hope for the future. And the third thing that this staff represent, it was his influence. Everybody knew, hey, Moses, the shepherd, hey, how's it going? And, but Moses was out in the field, and he would influence those sheep, and he was soon going to be influencing the Israelites, and, and he's going to be using that staff to influence the Egyptians. I want to ask you this morning, if you're here and you're looking for purpose, I want to ask you the question, what's already in your hand? What's in your hand already? Because what's in your hand already is probably, 
It's going to direct you to what your plan and purpose is God has for your life. Let me, okay, I'm almost done here. Moses discovered God's potential. God says to Moses, take the staff and throw it down on the ground. Take the staff. Take that thing that you find your identity, your income, and your influence, and I want you to throw it down. I want you to let it go. I want, in other words, he's saying, I want you to let go of the control. And I want you to surrender the thing that's in your hand. I want you to surrender to me and let me work through it. Because you're no good with it on your own. Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Throw it down. So I want to ask you, church, this morning, as you're, you're asking the question, what is God's plan and purpose for my life? Well, again, what's in your hand? What is it that you know you need to surrender to God? It might be your greatest strength, your, your, your greatest asset. God is calling you to throw it down and say, God, I trust you to work in it and through it. And that's when God's power shows up. I just talked with a couple on the phone here this past week, a couple from Marshfield. They attend the Assemblies of God Church in Marshfield. And uh, they are interested if we would be interested in partnering with them. They are starting a new venture. They are professionals. They have very successful jobs, successful income, successful influence with where they're at. But they can't shake this thing that God has called them, called them to go to Africa. And they just came to this decision that we're going to take the, all these things that God has put in our hands and we're going to throw it down and watch God show up. Man, whew, that's inspiring. That's motivating. And God calls for us. If, if we're here today and we want to be those superheroes, we want to have influence, we want to make a difference in this world, who doesn't? God calls us to throw it down. I want you to know this, church. I've met a lot of unfulfilled Christ followers. And I, I know that we, we run into that feeling of unfulfillment when we're hanging on to those things we know we need to let go of and trust God. If you're here today and you feel unfulfilled with your life and you're looking for purpose, what's in your hand? What is God calling you to surrender? What is God calling you to throw down and say, trust me, watch what I do with this? So the, the discoveries, just for review, from the burning bush. Hopefully this helps you with your purpose. Understand God is on mission today. God's greatest mission, his greatest desire is to lead lost people into the saving grace of Jesus Christ. God's greatest desire to lead slaves into freedom. Number two, God's calling. God has called Thrive Church. God has called you. You have a calling on your life. You have a purpose. God calls for you to join with him in that mission. Number three, God has equipped you. You say, well, what is it? Just look at your hand. What's there? God has already equipped you. God wants you to use the giftings and abilities that are already in your hand 
Number four, God's potential. That potential will never be realized until you throw it down and trust God. Today, will you engage? Will you engage in God's purpose and plan for your life? Will you join with God in this rescue mission to set people free from the slavery of sin? If you're here today and you're saying, listen, Pastor, I don't want to attend church anymore. I want to be the church. I, I, I want to join with God. I want to live out the plan and purpose that God has for my life. Will you raise your hand right now? Say, I want to be that church. I want to be the church. Lord, all around this room, right now, Father, we have people who are recognizing, listen, you are on a mission. This is your greatest desire. And Lord, you have people raising their hands saying, God, I want to join with you. I want to be a part of that. And I pray, Father, that you would speak to them loud and clear about the, what's in their hands and what you're calling them to do with that. Lord, we lay them down before you. In Jesus' name. Can I give you an action step quickly here? I know I've gone long here. Let me give you an action step. This past, we've just only a few weeks into this new year, and I've been talking about this one, just one challenge. Just one challenge just repeat it to you. If you're looking for it to join with God in his mission, join the one, just one challenge. This is what you do. Pray and ask God to put one person who you know is not in Christ on your heart. Just one person, just one. Number two, begin to pray for just that one person every day. Just begin to pray. And as you're praying for them, begin to pray for opportunities for you to show God's love to them. Not for you to preach at them, but for you to show and demonstrate God's love for them. And then number three, look for that opportunity. And when that opportunity comes, you step forward. And you do what God's called you to do. And, and I just believe all around this room, all around this room, God is going to use you. He, he, he wants you to join with him in his mission. God is going to use you. Lives are going to be changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we just give God a praise and a shout out this morning? God, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you were like that college-age student not, has not yet given their life to Jesus. And you know, you just feel within inside of you, you feel enslaved. And you want to live in freedom. Surrendering your heart to Jesus is that answer. And so maybe you're watching online. I want to encourage you to pray along with me in this prayer to receive Christ's freedom today. We just pray along with you say, God, I need you. I'm inviting the superhero for my soul to come and set me free. I'm inviting you to come and live inside of me and to forgive me and to renew me. I want to become like you. I want to be set free today. And so I claim your freedom. I claim your forgiveness. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, can we just give God praise for freedom today? Church, you have been created to thrive. And when you step into God's purposes and plans for your life, you will fully understand 
what that means. I want to encourage you, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, to go back to our guest center at the end of the service, and we have a gift for you. We have a book that's going to help you in your forward step. Thank you so much for checking out the Drive Church Podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you liked what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.